2: Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Steve Clark says there's no need for big changes for Scotland Alan McGregor could be set for another year at Rangers and David Marshall calls time on his international career. I'm Andrew McLean, joining me in the studio tonight is Gordon Deal. Yes,
0: good evening Andrew after last week's disappointment with the Scotland-Ukraine game, we're looking at Nations League tomorrow night, Armenia at the Hamden at the stadium, will be interesting to see the size of the crowd, They return army going along to support the Scotland. Uh, a bit interesting to see Steve Clark's uh, selection. Uh, that would be very interesting indeed. Will he bring in some fresh faces, change it up a little bit, freshen it up? But uh, we certainly need a win. And they're no mugs. They've got off to a good start, beating Republic of Ireland at home. I watched most of their game. Uh, yes, Republic of Ireland had most of the possession, but they got a terrific goal from about 25 yards. So there might be a danger. <laughs> So I just followed him for the shuttle no, no. behind
2: him. Still, I lost it on the go. What was that? What? A,
0: what a build-up and fell flat in his face.
2: I hope that's not a sign of things to come. Anyway, let's power through like professionals, shall we? <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of talk about goalkeepers today as yeah. well which is an interesting one because David Marshall of course calling time on his international career Alan McGregor looks as if he's going to sign a new extension at, uh, <laughs> at Rangers and uh, Vasilis Barkas as well in the last hour as well
0: Celtic have confirmed that he's away on loan yeah I think one of them took a dive behind you there when I heard that noise yes it's been interesting David Marshall terrific serving over 40 odd caps for Scotland he's been brilliant for has decided to concentrate in his club career now at Hibs uh, it's, a, it's a new challenge for him so we wish him all the very very best and Barkas come in with a big big price tag from uh, to Celtic didn't really go, uh, hit the ground running Andrew didn't work for him lost a bit of confidence so um, I think it's a good move for him and Celtic to try something else
2: Yeah let's try a bit of decorum now after that chaos to start the show 01419511025 on the phones or you can send us a. Tweet at Clyde SSB, whether it's the international stuff or the domestic stuff that you're interested in. We always want to hear from you. 0141 951 1025. Of course, a huge game tomorrow. It's the start of the Nations League campaign. And we've said it all along. It's just about putting that disappointment behind because these are these are big games for Scotland. It's not just about trying to get through the playoffs. And, or sorry, into the playoffs for the for the Euros but also if Scotland do well in this stage they can get a better seeding for the actual qualifying groups which are, are drawn in October as well
0: It's massive and it's massive to bounce back from last week's disappointment of course it's taken days and probably there's still uh, some of the Tartan Army not even over it because they were all hyped up hoping to go to Cardiff on Sunday hoping to win that game looking forward to the World Cup it just didn't happen so we've got to look at the nation league now, um, as I said this is a team I think they're ranked around about 92nd, would I be correct in that uh, I watched them against the Republic Ireland, we will create chances uh, there's no doubt, they're not the greatest side, but they're a threat because they won 1-0, they kept a clean sheet yes, down to some bad um, you know, chances uh, that was missed from the strikers from the Republic Ireland but the goal that the lad got was a terrific goal, he took a chance, it was a great strike, no goalkeeper would have saved it so they've got that in them but Steve Clark has got to give the Tartan Army something to cheer about. We have to go off to a good start. We have to win comfortably tomorrow
2: night. 01419511025, we want to hear from you. Let's hear from Steve Clark first, though, shall we? He says there's no need for big changes after Scotland's defeat to Ukraine. The Scotland manager says he also hasn't taken any notice of criticism.
0: Yeah, of course you do. You have to look at what went wrong, but we have got another game coming up tomorrow... There's no point in harking back to last week. Let's let's focus on tomorrow. How do you feel about the criticism that's coming your way, Steve? In well last week or so? There's been there's been some criticism from some Scotland managers in the past, some former players in the past who were critical of, of the tactics, for example, last week. They are entitled to their opinion. And how do you feel about their opinion? I don't know what it was because I didn't read it, I didn't hear it, I didn't listen to it. I deal, with, I deal with games and disappointments in my own way. I've done it before. Disappointments move on. It was a big disappointment to lose away way to Denmark when we bounced back with six wins. We've now lost one in nine and everybody wants to change what worked before. I'm not sure where the logic is in that.
2: Yeah, Steve Clark really defiant there. Is that just a manager that believes in exactly what he's doing? Because as he says, they were on an eight-game unbeaten run before that game, he feels it was just one off night and he thinks that, yeah. you know, despite people saying that they need to change, maybe shape or personnel he thinks that they can go again tomorrow night and get the result
0: in the way they have previously. So the reason he's coming in for a bit of criticism because his off night was the most important one, Andrew, uh, would have given us a chance to go to Cardiff and and play Wales, that wasn't a gimme, as as Ukraine's uh, witnessed uh, the weekend there, but at least give us a one-off chance to go to the World Cup, um, and I think that the in Scotland, uh, in Wednesday night and we were obviously um, along there uh, outside Hamden doing the show and that you could hear the Scotland fans they were full of confidence they thought that this was their night and Scotland didn't perform as a manager you'll come under criticism of course you will uh, it doesn't matter your record if if you lose and you lose such an important game you are got to get criticised I think Steve Clark's doing a, a terrific job Um I was very disappointed, and of course, as a an ex-player, an ex-manager, and now a pundit, I'm entitled to my opinion. He's quite right to say he doesn't listen to them. Uh, if I was a manager of Scotland, I wouldn't listen to other people's opinions either, but um, I just feel that Scotland have to give the fans something back tomorrow night. I think they need a performance, because last week there's a way to lose if we had a loss playing well and attacking and we were unlucky then you could accept a little bit better we were right off it last week
2: the fact that you know Steve Clark is saying it was an off night but there's times to have an off night and that is certainly wasn't one of them because it was just such a big game and I think that's why the criticism has been ramped up just because it was such an opportunity and everyone was so wrapped up in it and you know, it was just such a letdown.
0: Look, it was there for us, of course it was, but you can't take nothing away from Ukraine. Uh, on the night, they deserved to go to Cardiff, unfortunately, for them, and that's where their journey ended. Uh, but they deserved to be there because they were a better side by far and they could have probably won with more. Yes, as a home nation, at home, with the opportunity of winning that game, under all the circumstances, and it was a very emotional night, we all know that, I just thought we've we saved our worst performance under Steve Clark for a long, long time last week and we fell flat on our face.
2: As a player and as a manager, is the best thing after a game like last Wednesday night is that you're straight back at it you've got another game where you can go out and you maybe feel as if you've got a a point to prove and some unfinished business because you want to get back out there and and make sure you put in the performance that you didn't last time
0: Yeah he's got a good double header coming up two two good games uh, one tomorrow night we're expecting to win that and I'm expecting to win it comfortably because as I said Republic Island over there created a lot of chances I watched their defence they play with five at the back they're not defensively very good they will give up chances we've got to create We've got to make sure we put the ball in the back end and put them under pressure. We're at home. I'm expecting a good performance and a good win. And I'm sure everyone going along to Hamden tomorrow night will be feeling the exact same. And then we go to Republic Island, and that'll be a difficult game. They've got some decent players. I thought their performance over there, Armina, was very, very good indeed. Um, so that'll be a difficult one. So we've got to make sure we go to that game with three uh, three points under a belt, a good performance, and the confidence of the Tartan Army going with them.
2: 01419511025 on the phone. John is a Celtic fan in Greenock. John, I'll ask you about Scotland first of all because we're on the topic. Is tomorrow just a real opportunity for the players to show that you know Wednesday night was just one-off night?
1: Ah, it was <laughs> one-off. I mean, a They've been playing up to the last Wednesday. They've been playing well, but it's a same old story with Scotland. I, know. I mean, it's, it's always uh, we're, we're nearly got like there, but we're not. We just can't see make over the line, mate. As I said, I ain't not one win them anymore. I ain't to no beat the publicly. I'm not the result either.
2: I mean, we did get uh, over the over the line when it came to the, the Euros qualification. Are you are you confident that Scotland could do it next time round in this Euros campaign, or, or do I you feel? I,
1: I think they could because there's, there's a lot of young boys coming through. You know, I mean, there's a You've got uh, a uh a young a young team, though. No? I mean, it's I think they could the good get own guys, guys in
2: yeah there is certainly a lot of doom and gloom about the place mm. because of that result but they're still positive Steve Clark is you know, still wanting to point that out that Scotland have been on a good run before that we did make it to the last tournament and it's just about <laughs> refocusing resetting and make sure that Scotland find that form again
0: I think the biggest problem was we weren't carried away that we should have beat Ukraine Ukraine's full of quality players as they showed last week and they knew how to play against us they set up brilliantly tactically in the middle of park I thought they got it right we didn't we went with the two up caused us a big problem in the middle of park we got overrun in there um, but you've got two difficult games Ukraine and Wales but you were expecting better Andrew I think the disappointing thing is yeah getting beat's always disappointing but The performance, we just didn't look like we were at it at all in one of the most important games. We've got to go out tomorrow night, and I'm sure Steve Clark's message to the lads is look, we have to be in the front foot, we need to be sharp, we have to get at them, we've got to put them under pressure. And if they do that, I think they'll get a comfortable victory at Hamden tomorrow.
2: Of course, there's still a lot of domestic stuff to talk about as well. John, did you have a Celtic point you wanted to make?
1: I've taken some of the, the, the people that are letting go. I see they're letting back as going on. Last year it was Cham. They just let Cham go. Cham has quoted up to a million pound at one time. They just went, oh, we just get ready, we'll rip this contract up. Now, you're, Eric Back asks with five million pound. You've got a Jay Eyre, he's five million pound. You've got Julian. you've got Julian. You've got a load of, you've got a load of players there as internationals, and not, they're not in the manager's plan, so they're going to need to get rid of these guys but not on loan they're going to need as I say it's, it's, it's not it's not uh, pounds, it's, it's millions of pounds to sell for these players and I'm not getting the return of them as I say that's my point I name it
2: yeah Gordon Vasilis Barkas has moved on loan to FC Utrecht John says he wants to see players move on permanent deals mm. Is the problem with Barkas is that His stock is really low at the moment. He played, I think, two games for Celtic last season. He moved two seasons ago for £5 million. If Celtic want to recoup any of that money in the future, is maybe the best way. Try loaning him out. See if he can find some success elsewhere with a couple of years left in his contract and hope that next summer, if he has a good season out on loan, that they could maybe recoup some of that money.
0: I'm sure I'm sure Celtic are are like John. They've got some deadwood in there that's cost lots of money. Not just, you know, the 500,000s to millions. I'm talking millions, you know. you, You mentioned a couple, Julian, for instance, Barkas. Teams ain't going to come in and pay that money. So, if you're going to sit there and think, right, okay, we're, we're wanting as close as we can for five million, say, for Barker, you ain't getting that. Just now, you ain't getting that in the market. That's not going to happen. I think to get him off the wages uh, is is a good bit of business because he'll bond decent money if you're getting brought in for that sort of a transfer price. Um, you're right, uh, Andrew, he needs game time. Remember, he's an international footballer. So, if you can get him out playing... And he can produce a season, then all of a sudden you're in a little bit of bargain power again. You can maybe say, right, okay, we can't we can't take we can't get our five million pounds back, but we can get a decent sum in. Just now, they're not getting that decent sum. So at least they've been positive in getting these guys off the wages and saving their cell money in that sense.
2: John, do you see that side of it that, you know, some of the players it's not just maybe as easy as you know, they've got loads of clubs coming in for them And, and throwing loads of money at Celtic for them
1: No, as I say Between about four or five of them You are turn up their wages a week It must be about over a hundred grand That's a lot of money so, it's, 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 who's, who's made a count for these, these deals? You know? I mean, it's, somebody must be made an account that, uh, As I say, it's last year Or he's been out and loaned it. The yeah Ballon Golden's not the game if we, if, if every name left the country in that carry on, I thought Bolon was not half half decent player, but he's never going to be in uh Angie's plan, Simon Julian. He doesn't like really Big Julian either. Anyway. Big Julian seems to be getting pushed about with a, 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 a big rough centre half of he's not. He's
0: not the answer, but as I say, we still need a few players in. Yeah, but John, to to get those players in, they can't sit about and hope that with pure luck some clubs got to come in and offer them big money for Barkas and Julian and and people like that. They've got to act, as you said there, the amount of wages per week. If you put them all in a pot and put all their wages together, if you can give that to the money, if you can get that out and other clubs are paying it, and you can say to your manager, right, okay, we've freed, freed up X amount of pounds. You can now go and use that in the transfer market. What a massive help that is to Ange Postacoglu.
2: It's important as well just getting those bodies out because Ange Postacoglu has a big squad of players that he quite clearly likes, but there's all these other guys that John has talked about, whether it's a Yeti, it's Barcast who's just moved out on loan, Ball and Golly, Julian, players like that who don't look as if they're going to get any game time. If they're then. Hanging about the training ground and are having to train that. that it, does it become a bit disruptive, possibly, if you've just it, got a lot of guys who are on the sidelines and don't really have any chance of getting on the pitch?
0: It does. It does for a manager. I just take um, Postacoglu, for instance. I think his man management since he's come into Celtic's been top class. He would have sat them down, looked them straight in the face, and said, "Look, you need to go and find yourself another club that's going to give you football because you ain't getting it here." Now, what he doesn't want is, I think these guys. I'm not saying in, but against them, they'll probably be terrific pros but as a pro and you, you get sort of assigned for that sort of money Andrew, you're on decent wages you're an international footballer you've played at a real top level you do not want to begin into training every day and having to train with under 21s and being out the picture it just gets you down and down and down then you have nothing at the weekend to look forward to, so with these guys that are out the picture and have been told they've no future with Celtic They've got their agents working very hard just now to say, look, get me out. I need a focus. I need to get to a club that wants me. I need to make sure, Okay, the money's still okay. I need to make sure that I'm training every single day for an an end product at the end of the the week to play football because that's their jobs. So I'm sure that Postacoglu's you know, had had the chats with these guys, they understand where they're in the pecking order and they'll be working hard, obviously, to get out of the club.
2: John, how are you feeling about the other side of things, bringing players in? It's obviously still very early in June, there's a lot of business to be done.
0: Well, yeah, we want to get, get Jota
1: and Carpenter signed like, up as soon. As I, I don't know why it's, I mean, it seems to be rumbling on. I mean, what lot of on hold. It. But if you could get rid of them, and players and maybe get the easy to send Garrett Bale, you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think we're going to hear the names Cameron Carter, Vickers and Jota pretty much every single night until there's a decision one way or the other. They're just players that Celtic fans are absolutely desperate to get in. There's a mechanism in place with these loan-to-buy offers that Celtic know they've got a, a good mm. opportunity to bring them in, but it's just a waiting game now, Gordon.
0: I'd be very surprised if these two deals don't get done. I think that Celtic will be sitting quite comfortable in the knowledge that, you know, there's just one or two wee things to tidy up because all the noise that's coming out of Celtic Park is both players are very happy at the club, they've settled into the club, they've been brilliant for the club last season, I think especially Carter Vickers, he'd be my main one, as much as I love watching Jota when he's on fire, I think he's a very exciting winger, very exciting player, can get you goals, but good teams build from the back from me, and they've got a very good goalkeeper, Carter Vickers, a to me, been brilliant at centre half, um, so I think the, the two deals, are the ones that sell to first and foremost their fans, are looking to get done, and then add to that as the summer goes on.
2: Well thank you to John 01419511025 whether it's something about Scotland, something about your club side, whatever you want to get off your chest, give us a call You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Gordon DL here with me, Andrew McLean in the second part of tonight's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard 0141951 whatever is on your mind whether it's Scotland against Armenia tomorrow, whether it's about Alan McGregor because it looks like he's set for another year at Rangers, David Marshall calling time on his international career Celtic starting their clear out as well with the Vasilis Barkas going on loan to FC Utrecht, so whatever it is that you want to talk about 0141951 1025 Let's take a look at that Alan McGregor story mm-hmm. though Because that's an interesting one that's come out today He looks set to sign a new one-year deal at Rangers And extend his Ibrox career Various reports today saying that the 40-year-old's keen to stay on And it looks like he could also take up a coaching role alongside playing as well Similar to what Jermaine Defoe did last season before he left Rangers Was that something you were expecting? Did you maybe think Alan McGregor was going to hang up his boots or Not, his gloves? Yes.
0: No, I I thought he would have went somewhere in the club uh, with his experience and obviously his ability as a goalkeeper. He certainly get plenty pass on Andrew, um, and I'm sure younger goalkeepers um, coming through the ranks at Rangers would love nothing better than be coached with someone with the ability of Alan McGregor. Um, you just wonder if they got it in the back of the mind that they put him on that the contract that keeps him there and always always has the 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 the, 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 the Backup of if they need them, but the problem with goalkeepers and and every other player, the longer you go and you're not playing competitive and first team and especially at 40 um, you know it, it would maybe be a bit difficult for him but I think keeping him on the background staff with his experience uh, he's been at Rangers a long time um, you know through his, his spells uh, he's, he's very well loved with the, the fans and as I said the experience the younger goalkeepers coming through would uh, receive from a, a top class goalkeeper like Alan McGregor would be brilliant for them.
2: because the reports today were suggesting that there's no guarantee that if he signs this contract that he will be Rangers number one next season. We know he's 40, but he has played some huge games last season, made some big saves last season. But I suppose it's then up to Giovanni Van Bronkhorst whether he wants Alan McGregor as his number one. Does he look at it in pre-season and see whether John McLaughlin is his number one? Is there
0: potential for someone else to come in there? I always find it sounds good at the beginning because the amount of people, many players that have tried this, um, try to put coaching and playing you know, learning the coaching side of it uh, during the day and trying to keep up the fitness levels to play at the weekend at that level of football. Now, if he says to me that Alan McGregor was only going to concentrate for another season and playing the Rangers first team and challenging for the the number one jersey, then I would say that McGregor would ever have every chance of doing that because I still think he's got plenty left in the locker. But if he starts concentrating and coaching during the day and he's missing some of the training sessions with the the first team as the first team goalkeeper, I think that catches up with him.
2: We don't really know what happened with Jermaine Defoe last season, but he signed one of these deals and it just didn't really work out for him at all. He wasn't playing much football. Then, of course, Steven Gerrard left and it was part of Steven Gerrard's coaching staff. That, that he was in, so it's hard to tell exactly what the what the balance would be for a player of, of taking part in training taking training, whether it's the youth players they're working with, how much game time they're getting. Yeah,
0: you would you would need to know what your roles and your responsibilities were from the manager, what he's looking uh, for you to do uh, You know, uh, to split that, I just say at 40 years of age, I think splitting it would be very, very difficult I've got to say that uh, you look at other players, you look at Defoe as you mentioned, you look at for instance even Scott Brown when he went to Aberdeen in the same capacity he wanted to be involved in the coaching the minute Jim Goodwin come in you know him and, him and uh, you know Aberdeen parted ways so there's a lot of terrific players that get to a certain age that want to go down the coaching role but because they they love football that much, they don't really want to give up the the you know playing in a They have that buzz of you know getting out in front of those supporters. I just think trying to marry the two together sometimes is a bit difficult. I think for me, if I was Alan McGregor, I would take a decision. Am I going to give it one more year, challenging in the first team? as the number one goalkeeper that's my full concentration because I think he would need that because he would need to go and rest and you know prepare his body like he's been doing over the last few years or does he say right forget that I'm going to pass on all my experience now down the lines for the future of the young Rangers goalkeepers coming through
2: Because I think he would be the third sort of senior player at Rangers to extend their contract this summer there's Stephen Davis, there's Scott Arfield is that a good Bit of continuity really for Giovanni Van Bronkhorst especially I suppose in the goalkeeping area. If he thinks, you know, if I have Alan McGregor and I have John McLaughlin as my two options, mm. I don't really need to go out this summer and find a new goalkeeper. That can be a settled position, and I can focus on it elsewhere for now. And maybe just put that put that issue to the side for for this season. Yeah,
0: and also uh, added to that, they've got McCrory as well in there, uh, Andrew. I think I think the it's good business for Leicestershire. Davis I still think Davis is plenty of miles in the tank there's no doubt he's a talented talented footballer our field's in there for another year he's kept a good you know a bit of experience in the dressing room and it matter what team you are and everybody likes to see the younger players coming through but the younger players learn day to day from the experienced players. They watch them, how they go about their business in the dressing room, training, match days. You pick up so, so much experience from that. Training with them every day as well. You know, having a chat with them, sitting down at lunch, having a cup of tea and having your lunch and talking about different things of the game coming up and, you know, just getting that, gathering that knowledge from these guys because they've got abundance of it. So I think keeping the sort of a more experienced players in that dressing room for another year is, is a good idea, because Rangers will have a lot of games coming up, a lot of big games coming up, and they'll need that experience at times.
2: 0141 is the number you need. It's the number that Gordon, a Rangers fan in Airdrie, has dialed. Gordon, are you happy with this news about Alan McGregor, that it looks as if he could be spending a, another season at Rangers?
1: Yeah, I'm absolutely delighted. I think it's a good move. Uh, as Gordon was saying, I'm pretty pretty sure he'll be coaching other goalies already. Anyway, you know. So and he's, he's done tremendous for the club. So I, I think it's a great move. Um, Stephen Davies as well. I think Stephen could play in that midfield role for another two two years. Anyway, no bother at all.
2: Yeah, Gordon, sometimes there are question marks when a player certainly gets to that age whether they they've still got it for another season, but Alan McGregor has played in so many big games that I'm not sure there'll be many out there that will be questioning the fact that he'll be able to contribute next season.
0: Yeah, we all thought that when he came on at Hamden that was the farewell, but um, obviously it's a time now to go away. Maybe just have a break, um, which he's entitled to do. He's maybe thought about it. As a player, Andrew, and you're playing with such a club like IE, the Big Two, in Scotland, the Rangers, and, and Celtic, you don't want to give that up. You want to make sure that you are 100% sure that you want to retire from that sort of a... Competitive first team edge getting out in front of those forty nine, fifty thousand at Ibrox, sixty thousand at Celtic Park. It's like Scott Brown. I thought that Scott Brown. I can understand his move from Celtic to Aberdeen. I thought he went too early, and obviously he's went into the management side of it now. I'm sure McGregor and I totally agree with Gordon there, especially Davis. Davis is still got. Easily a couple of seasons left him. If, Dave, if Davis had said that he was leaving Rangers, there'd been a queue at his door to sign him. There's no doubt about that because uh, he has a talented, talented football.
2: Is it important as well if Giovanni Van Bronkhorst is looking to bring in, you know, his own players from elsewhere? That you've got guys like Alan McGregor, like Stephen Davis, like Scott Arfield that know the club that have been there. Forever, they they know what it means to play for the club, and they sort of set the standards for the, the newer players coming in. Instead of there being a, a bigger overhaul, where he's having to replace experienced figures for other guys.
0: You t- you talk about every successful team, and you ask every ex-player that played in a successful team, and ask them what the su- what what made that success, and they'll say a good dressing room. And it is, it's a good dressing room. When you walk into a dressing room and there are guys in there, you know, uh, with the experience of the McGregors that have been there, Stephen Dave, terrific pros, Arfield. Now remember, these guys are good professionals. So they get the respect, and they get the respect from what they've achieved at the club and how they've played for the club and, and what, they've, what they've done for Rangers, uh, especially last season, a terrific run in Europe, getting to the final, won the Scottish Cup. Uh, unlucky for them because the Celtic were so good that they couldn't win the league as well. Uh, but I just think that the fact that you've got a good dressing room helps blend in new players
2: well thank you to Gordon in Airdrie 01419511025 if there's anything you want to chat to us about tonight, how about this, because David Marshall has called time on his Scotland career, I think 18 years it was between his first cap and his last cap 47 caps, made his debut in 2004 in a friendly against Hungary and obviously will be most fondly remembered and he's cemented his place in Scotland history because of that, save from Alexander Mitrovic's penalty against Serbia well, to get us to the
0: Euros well he can go down to history, he's the only goalkeeper that made me remove my top in this. I, I don't want to hear this. I absolutely do not want to hear above this. My head I don't want that, to see it
2: happen ever again.
0: On that famous night uh, in this studio, I've got to say. but You uh, know what?
2: You, while we're on the topic, let's let's relive that moment because I've heard it so many times, but I've got the clip here. I thought you were me cho- No, 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 no. <laughs> absolutely not. I would, well, I I would they just they be ending away, the show early it? if. No, 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 no. I've not
0: pumped
2: up my Let, muscles. Oh dear, this is, <laughs> let's just play the clip, shall we? Can David Marshall stop him?
1: He'll have faced him many times over the years, I would imagine. In English Championship, up steps Mitrovic. Yes!
2: (laughs) David Marshall is the hero for Scotland. Scotland are going to the Euros. (laughs) Get that date in your diary. Come on! it doesn't
1: get any better than
0: oh, oh, that get it off oh no <laughs> why is Mark even encouraging you in that ah, club to do it was this a bet that. you had at the time he loves me that boy he, <laughs> just, he wants to see I'm good shape but that was a sensational night I've got to say and yeah that listen that will live with Scotland fans f- oh forever you know just that night everybody will remember where they were everybody will remember what they done because it was that exciting and um, you know David Marshall was a massive part of that and then the celebrations after it you know in the, the the dressing room it was all part of it as well the David Marshall song as yeah, well which was stuck but, in everyone's head yeah, for a long time yeah brilliant and he can go He's held, his head held high um, Andrew he's been terrific for the country he's now he's, he's a good signing um, you know, you talk about McGregor at his age. You look at that experience from David Marshall, that's come into Hibs under yeah, the new manager. Gordon's
2: done at Hearts as well. Greg
0: Gordon. So I just think that these guys—they're getting better with age. You know, the more experience, because I think what they're now doing is they're looking after themselves so well. They're, you know, they're making sure they're eating properly, sleeping properly, they're training right, and they're just getting better and better. And listen we love to see young, exciting players in Scotland. Of course we do. But let's not forget, there's always room for very good, experienced players as well. It's
2: just that look on his face as well that's ingrained, because he was obviously told not to celebrate right when he saved the penalty, just
0: in in case VAR
2: checked it, but just that look he had of sheer panic not knowing whether
0: it was going to count or not. Yeah, he'll never forget that moment as well, um, I've got to say, and he's obviously he's put that chapter behind him now, he's opened a new one with Hibs uh, back in Scotland, we're looking forward to that, and I think that next season he could be a big, big player for Hibs, because he's a very talented goalkeeper. In the quotes
2: today when it was saying that he was you know, giving up international football, he said that he wanted to to sort of step aside to let some younger goalkeepers get some experience is that something that Scotland really haven't done with goalkeepers over the last wee while because we've been very lucky we've had David Marshall we've had Craig Gordon we've had Alan McGregor but if you look at the backup options at the moment that are in the squad there's Xander Clark, there's Mm -hmm. Liam Kelly they don't have a cap between them not a single one and you just wonder, you know. David Marshall says he's stepping aside now in the hope that, that guys like Clark and Kelly get experience. But should these of guy should these guys maybe have had some experience before this? Because you you never know what's going to happen. Craig Gordon may pick up an injury. He may decide to retire himself at some
0: point. Yeah, I, I totally understand what David Marshall's saying. Um, I think everyone gets that, but. You just don't step aside to give someone else it. you've got to earn the right to be the number one. You've got to earn the right to say to the to Steve Clark, Look, I want to put pressure on Craig Gordon. I know he's been terrific. I know he's in great form. He was brilliant for hearts last season. But I want to be the guy that if you know you're looking Maybe change something in a friendly, or you're looking to change something in a game that we're looking to really control. I want the first opportunity, so that's that's something that these goalkeepers have got to grasp. You can't get just handed Scotland caps for for nothing. You know, they days of maybe gain Mark Wilson half a cap. You know, they're gone. You've got to now earn the right to be the number one, and hopefully as you see, Kelly and Sander very good goalkeepers on their, on their own right but they've got to earn the right to grab that jersey
2: Well let's hear from you 01419511025 whatever you want to talk about, that's the number to dial 01419511025 give us a call now and you could be up next 01419511025
0: this is Scottish football's lead leader,
2: Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025. if you've got anything on your mind, whether it's Scotland's game against Armenia tomorrow, whether it's anything that's happening at your club, we want to hear from you. 0141-951-1025. I did see today that the dates for the Champions League group stages have come out. That will excite Celtic fans, of course. And let's hear from former Celtic boss Martin O'Neill because he's been talking about the Champions League group stages. He says are huge for the club, but he thinks Ange Postecoglou may, may have to tweak his style against Europe's elite. You, you'll have to learn. You, I'm, sh- know, he's, he's no fool. You know, he knows, he, he knows the game. He knows exactly what, and uh, and he'll know the strength of Real Madrid or Liverpool. Or Manchester City. You know. And and it's how you try and set out against those sides. It's great that they're there and they don't have to worry about the qualifying games
0: as you talk about and you know. Excitement all right.
2: Yeah, there's been a debate before about this with a former mm. Celtic manager, Brendan Rodgers we heard it, that you know his style worked domestically but when they came up against Europe's big guns that they shipped a lot of goals we're yet to see really what Ange Postacoglu's side in full flow can do against a, a top European side they have played some big sides Leverkusen and, and Betis, but I think it's fair to say at that point that Celtic were still kind of moulding into the team they are now, certainly defensively at that point in the group stages of the Europa League they weren't the, the unit they proved to be towards the end of the season
0: Yeah, um... <laughs> It's been interesting there to hear Martin O'Neill, a, a terrific Celtic manager in his own right, a terrific uh, player and manager. Uh, I remember sitting with Martin O'Neill and he just hang on to every word he says. He's, he's fantastic company, great knowledge of the game, really great knowledge of the game. Interesting to say that Poster Coglu will need to learn. Poster Coglu is like every other manager in the world uh, even the top managers, they they learn every day, Andrew um, if you if you stop learning, you stop becoming a very good manager and a very good coach the talk is all about the system and the, when the higher the level you go up against and especially Europe, some of these top teams that are terrific uh, footballers um, spent mil, multi-millions in their team uh, Poster Coglu, the one thing he won't change is He's a very attacking manager. He won't change that. He will not become a defensive uh, outfit. I do. I don't think it's in his makeup. Now that doesn't mean to say that he's not learning and he will not change. He can change one or two things.
2: We've seen it during the season. Though last season was it. When they won 2-1 at Ibrox, he, he mm-hmm. played a bit more reserved and they managed to get the result there a couple of times. He, he has changed it. I know he did a, an interview with an Australian outlet a couple of weeks ago and they asked him about this question, you know, w- would he park the bus against Europe's elite? And I think his response was something about, you know, I've never owned a bus. So he's certainly not going to sit in, you know, 11 men behind the ball, but surely... When the quality of opposition gets higher, there needs to be wee tweaks here and there to your system just to
0: tweaks. Tweaks to his system will be when he feels that they have to press the ball. For instance, at the beginning of the game, will they go and let the front three press the ball high and put their their, their centre half right up to the halfway lane with Johar and behind covering as a sweeper there, or will they drop off? And then press in certain areas. That's what teams work in. That's what top teams work in. Doesn't mean to say you're negative because they want to win the ball in certain areas against certain teams that they've worked against, look at their weaknesses and then try to expose them. And that sort of a way is an attacking force. But he's never going to be one that, you know, will put defensive players, you know, all across the Midley Park and maybe one striker up front and defensive guys that play maybe full-back in the wide areas, they double up. He's not that kind of guy. He's an attacking player. He likes his flair players. He trusts in his team, but he will t- uh, tweak his tactics. There's no doubt of that. He's got the ability. Of course, he showed us that. Uh, he was terrific. He's been brilliant since he came in here. And he worked with... Uh, Obviously, getting better players in as well because his transfer, um, you know, uh, markets have been very, very good, especially January. He's brought in some decent players. Uh, Every Celtic fan probably waking up every morning to see. You know what signings have come into Celtic Park because he's brought in exciting players that Celtic fans love to go along and pay their money and watch. So, yeah, I think he's got it in abundance that he can change and tweak his tactics. I'm doubt doubting that.
2: Yeah, 0141 If you've got any thoughts at home, Martin O'Neill also talked. They are just about you know the the bonus of going straight into the group stages and we all know the the financial aspect of it and how much money Celtic will gain but just having that clarity in pre-season they know that they're not going to have to Negotiate qualifiers, you then don't need to gamble and, and think well, are, are we buying players for the Europa League, are we mm. buying players for the Champions League, what standard, what you know, amount of money are we going to have to spend you've got that clarity of pre-season of saying, okay, we know this is the start date we're not going to have to travel here, there and everywhere in the early stages of the season, that will be a big boost for Ange Postacoglu, just in his preparation going I, into this season
0: I don't think a big boost, I think it's a massive boost um, you know where you are you can work from that backwards Andrew and that's what most good managers and coaches do they don't work forwards, they work back the way their preparation leading up there you're right they can get into a market that you know they can go and get players for the Champions League um, hopefully for Celtic it obviously depends on the, the, the cost let's not get carried away here they've not got the riches of the big clubs in England and, and across Europe we know that but they certainly can go and get some real decent quality and It makes a massive difference. It makes a massive difference for, you know, even his pre-season, his preparation. He knows where he is. You you touched on it there, okay? the travelling. You know, he can set up his pre-season games and work it all the way up and be prepared to hit the ground running. So I think it is a massive, massive advantage uh, for Postacoglu and Celtic that they know where they are and when they're starting.
2: There's that lure as well of being able to offer a player a contract and say well you know we're going to be playing in the Champions League group stages there's a potential that you'll come up against whether it's Real Madrid or Manchester City or Liverpool or Bayern Munich it's quite a good bargaining chip
0: isn't it? Well yeah that's where you get notice from the big clubs now most players that come to Scotland and come to clubs like Rangers and Celtic they want to be in europe they want that's where they get noticed that's where the big clubs comes in you look at you know we've had it before with van Dyke. you know in english clubs looking at him and the performances in europe that's where you want to play you want to play at the highest level possible and it is a great carrot for celtic to attract players cuz these players might be desperate to get you know to the big clubs in england cuz Look, there's no disgrace in, in us being a stepping stone. Absolutely no. Because of the money and the finances that the, the English leagues have got. But they might see this as a first stop. And they look at Celtic and the Champions League and thinking, if I can perform at that level, of course you've got to get notes. Let me tell you now, if Poster Coglu, um, you know... Gets to that level and is performing and getting results and doing very well. He's another one, I guess, knows. Van Bronckhorst, his stock will have risen because of getting to the Europa League Cup final. Look at Steven Gerrard. You know, he came in, it wasn't the domestic stuff. Yes, he won the league, but every talk down south was about the European venture and how well he was doing. So it's, it's just um, for every player, every manager, and every coach. And it'll be interesting to see how that develops.
2: Another story that caught my eye today, a lot of speculation that... Aberdeen's Calvin Ramsey could be on the move to a Champions League clubs themselves Liverpool. We know the stories with Scottish fullbacks. We seem to be absolutely brilliant at bringing them through. This one looks like it could well go through and that would be an incredible move for him moving to one of the top teams in Europe.
0: Oh, life-changing. Uh the only thing I will say is the lad is a very good talent. We've watched him uh, this season especially. I thought he was excellent. Uh Aberdeen you know, they're looking to cash in um, and some decent money and they're talking figures around about four million or whatever it may be. To Liverpool, that's pocket change. That's not even a gamble. They would take that, no problem. The only thing I worry about these kids is I know people can look at, well, look at Andy Robertson. He's cemented left back there. But he went Down to Hill first. Mm -hmm. He got a taste of English football. He worked his way up into that. You know, Van Dyke, one probably best centre half in Europe just now. He went to Southampton, went to worked his way up. You know, young Ramsey getting in there and look at the competition they'll have for a fullback berths. I would hate him going down there, yes, financially he'll be secure now if he signs that deal, of course. And at the end of the day it's a short career and I always say make as much money as you can. But in the football sense, I would I would like to see the boy I suppose
2: Nathan Patterson's an example of that because he's gone down, yes he's picked up an injury but he'd only played 45 minutes of football for Everton before that since moving in January
0: And and how many games has he played at at Rangers? So the boy financially has been secure and we all say yes first and foremost but if you look at his career at Rangers he's not played a lot at Rangers he was second choice at right back he got his big move to Everton yes he's had an, an odd injury here and there but he's not had a lot of game time So he's missing a lot of his career out. That's my worry for young players going to these massive clubs.
2: Well, that's all we've got time for tonight. Thank you for your calls, thank you for your tweets, or even if you were just listening in at home. Join me again tomorrow night, of course, the huge game Scotland against Armenia as we kick off our Nations League campaign. And make sure to stick around tonight because Callum Gallagher's up next.